Howdy, you're listening to the Texas A&M RUF podcast. Hope you enjoyed the talk. Uh, so, hey y'all, my last one. Howdy. Howdy! Um, if you're visiting with us uh, tonight, we're so glad you're here. I wish I had some more time uh, to get to know you, but please still just come introduce yourself. We've got our uh, crawfish boil, like we already announced this weekend. Come hang out and check out what RUF is about, and then come back in the fall because you know I'm not going to be here. There's going to be another campus minister, Austin McCann, and uh, a new intern, and they're just wonderful people, and RUF is in good hands for years and years to come. Not because they're in any person's hands, but because this ministry is in the hands of Jesus, and He uh, is going to sustain His church. Uh, that I am certainly convinced of. Um, so, we are closing down our series with the last two short little psalms uh, of the section of the book of Psalms. And this little section is called the Songs of Ascent. Um, and as somebody from the South, saying songs and songs and ascent is really hard for me to say. So, that's the last time I'm to hear me. Uh, butcher all those long vowels. Um, and as I talked about last week, um, these last three songs are, um, they kind of make up the arrival, like the high point um, of the pilgrimage journey that the Israelites, is they're taking a journey up to Jerusalem for different feasts of sacrifice and worship uh, at the temple. And um, and these three songs, it's like, we're here. They arrived. They're at the temple, and you'll, you'll get to see that. Because last week, we, we thought about um, the, the necessity of a mediator. That when God's people are, um, are coming before him, that there actually needs to be a person that is a buffer but a connector at the same time. And this week, we're, we're actually seeing another piece of that to use a big word, that mediatorial work um, that, that, that we need to connect with God. And so last week we kind of saw the King David figure, and this week we're seeing the priest figure, um, as, as there's allusions to the high priest Aaron, kind of from back in the, the Moses days. Um, and so what this psalm that I'm about to read is just envisioning all the glory and splendor and beauty of God's priests, his representatives um, of, of his people and of him and his people together worshiping, right? Basking in all that God is and all that he does. And so I'm really excited that I get to just kind of end my time out here with just kind of basking in that, just the beauty of worship, the beauty of God's people together. So let's read. Um, so we're starting in Psalm 133, and we'll also read 134. A song of ascent of David. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing of life forevermore. Psalm 134, a song of ascents 
Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. He who made heaven and earth was bread. Uh, Lord, as we read, um, there's just so many layers as I think about this. Like we here, as your people today, are as we are worshiping you, we just read a part of your scripture which is your people of old singing a song of worship to you back in the day. And as you just think about like the layers and the centuries and the time and like all the people too throughout time that have read this song and sung it together and repeated it. Um, Lord, I just can't help but be caught up in, in just the hugeness, the cosmic hugeness of, um, of, of what this Christian Christianity thing actually is. Um, as we sit before you um, right now to receive your word, we do so as like a rich, rich heritage of a ton of people that have come before us and who knows how many generations of people to come after us. And I pray that would be um, a humbling experience, but also an invigorating one. And we are really entering into something epic and cosmic, and that we would see and hold your word with just that kind of awe um, as we do this. And it's in your name, we ask that you speak. Amen. Uh, okay, so my sign-off here. I, um, I want to leave you from this passage uh, with kind of two of the biggest things for me that I have really tried to make RUF about. I would say, like, these are the two big things. Besides Scripture, I kind of got to mention that earlier, besides, like, God's Word, the necessity of that, the power of that, these are kind of, like, the two other really big things that, like, if you never learn anything else from me, I hope it is these um, two things. It's these two things that I really hope are... Like, if my fingerprints get left on anything here, I want it to be, be these things that carry on into the future. And simply this. Community and grace. Community and grace. So first, let's just um, let's rock out on community. Uh, starting in verse 1 in Psalm 133. Uh, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. So the picture of the psalm here is the, the Israelites from all the different tribes, all the different backgrounds, they're in Israel, are gathered together for three mandatory yearly feast celebrations, all together in the temple complex. They're all sacrificing, praying, eating together. And you think about the incredible diversity that would be going on there in that moment. You've got rural, small town kind of ag people, You've got more urban, metropolitan, business, and artisan-type people there. Um, and you've got like, laborers, builders, people that are kind of all just in the, the construction business, right, I think it, as it were. Um, you've got poor people. you got rich people. You've got slaves. You've got people, um, all kinds of different interests, loves, distinct cultures, lifestyles. Kind of all that diversity is united together as one. And not just 
under the banner of unity for unity's sake, but under the banner of like, we are brothers and sisters in the family of God. That is what we are united by. Um, one of the things, again, this is kind of like, it's my, my, my go away speech. I, I really kind of want to like, kind of push y'all forward into some things for next year. One of the things that I have learned that is true of this campus is that there are a ton of different tribes here. And it makes sense, like this is one of the biggest campuses in the country, it's enormous. Um, we've got students coming from all across Texas, which in and of itself is a super diverse state. Uh, people are coming from all over the country, all over the world. And I, there is something natural and normal, this isn't bad, um, about like little pockets of community have to form. Like 68,000 people can't be best friends with each other. Um, so it's normal for that to form. You've got pockets of sororities, men's orders, flows, the core, people that do bonfire, May students, engineers, coal students, the Christian bubble, the anti-Christian bubble, um, white, black, Hispanic, Asian. And there's all kinds of smaller subdivisions in all those different groups, too. Um, like I said, I think that is natural and normal for students to come to a giant campus, plug themselves in, find themselves in like a pocket or two, and find their community. Um, and just kind of hang out with people in, in that, are, that are like them, PLUs, people like us. Um, here's where that goes bad. Here's where that goes bad. When in the people of God, when God's people in our campus ministries, in our churches, or Christian spaces, only looks like one of those kinds of pockets. Um, the psalm says that when all the different kinds of people in Israel come together, in their diversity, being in unity, being in unity in their diversity, what does the psalm say that's like? It says it's like when, when the special anointing oil, it's like it's this mixture of really aromatic, beautiful spice like frankincense and all these other things, it gets mixed together, and there's only this one special recipe that was the anointing oil to anoint the high priest. Um, and of course, that is to mark him out as the special person that gets to represent the people of God all the way up into the innermost sanctum of the temple, the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of Covenant stood, right? God's very throne room on earth. So in other words, what this is saying, that when all kinds of different people are in real Christian community with one, with one another. Do you know what that's like? Psalm is saying it's like getting to be with God Himself. It's beautiful. Right? It's, it's when we get to dwell in incredible diversity, it's like getting to just get a noseful of the aroma of heaven. It's the most amazing thing you can experience. Um, friends, I, one of the things that your RUF staff has been on mission to do here 
upon our, our own blood, sweat, and tears, sometimes it feels like, because it is just so countercultural today. I think it is so easy for people to land in their silo and just be just go all through college, just kind of like here, I'm just going to do college right alongside all the people just like me that like things I like that are doing the same things that I like. We like to walk in a room and feel like everybody here is kind of like me. And when we walk in a room and we go, hey, there's people that are not like my, not like me here, we want to like turn around and walk right back um, out the door again. But one of the things that we have been about doing is to insist that RUF is not just one more pocket of sameness and people just like me. RUF isn't a campus ministry just for cadets or just for PCA kids or just for Greek students or just for white students or just for homeschool or just for private school or just for public school or just for reformed people, etc., etc., etc. RUF is not just for any group because we are for every group, every single conceivable group, every tribe, nation, and tongue. Because if the people of God only look like one kind of people, then we stop looking like God. We actually lose our powerful witness to this campus when that happens. Um, so here's my charge to you. Lean into that. Always pray for and desire for this room, for this community, to be filled with a bunch of people that aren't like you. Lean into a culture that says, those people on the other side of the room don't dress like me, don't spend their time doing the things that I like to do. Uh, maybe you think they're cooler than you. Maybe you think you're cooler than them. Um, lean into a way of being. Value. Start valuing the things of the kingdom that says, I can't wait for me and my friends to cross over the other side of the room and shake hands with and hug and get to know those people that aren't like me. Um, next fall, there's going to be a boatload of new freshmen trying to figure out who they are and where they belong on campus, what pocket they're going to fall into. And you know what your mission is? This is what I want you to do. Um, because inevitably, we all do it. Inevitably, we're going to size people up and we're going to uh, that guy's probably going to try to join a men's org, or that dude's a cadet, or that dude's nerdy, or he's a stud. Or girls, when you size up a girl, you go, like, hey, she's, like, she looks like she's a really good Christian girl, or that girl kind of looks like she's a partier, that girl looks like a girl boss, like, whatever it is. Like, we, we, like, you're going to size people up. Um, in that size up, I want you to believe that God says it is good and pleasant when brothers and sisters of every form and shape dwell in unity. And I want you to reach out your hand and introduce yourself to those people. You know, it means like, are you needs to be the kind of place that if I hate sports and I love video games and I ask some, you know, one of those friends, hey, what do you like to do? They're like, I love sports. You know, you just became, you just became someone super interested in sports. And you're like, tell me more about sports. I don't know that much about sports. Who are your favorite teams? Uh, if you think sororities are dumb, a waste of time and money, and just like a place of temptation, you meet a girl next semester that just pledges sorority, you know, you're doing, you're going, tell me everything about Rush. Tell me what's beautiful about your story. Tell me what's beautiful about the girls that are in there. That's the aroma of heaven, friends. 
You know how Jesus said that you know how Jesus said the world would be able to recognize who his disciples are by their robust theology, by how religiously they do their Bible times, or how cool they are, or how much they eschew coolness, which can be its own way of trying to be cool. How did Jesus say people will know that we are his people? By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. If you love one another. If you cherish one another. You know that's hard? It's countercultural. It's going to cost you stuff. It's cost people in this room stuff um, to be about that mission. But why must we do it? Because it's such a big thing. Grace. Um, so let's look back at a, at a few things from the song again. So the song starts, um, so this, this is Psalm 134. Uh, it starts in the direction of people of God, come do this entirely appropriate thing, which is you come bless the Lord. You come say and sing and declare the good things that are true of God. Um, so, starting verse 1, Come, bless the Lord, all your servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. And then in verse 3, it switches directions and ends with, Now may the Lord bless you from Zion. He made heaven and earth. And I think this is an entirely appropriate word for the songs of ascent to end on. And it's an entirely appropriate word for me to end on in my time um, with you here at A&M. Um, do, we, do we worship God? Do we worship God here at RUF? Do we do some great Bible studies and small groups? Do we unpack incredible things about God and His character and nature? Yeah, we do some great, we really do some great things. I think, I know I'm a little biased, I think RUF is one of the best things on Anna's campus. Um, I really do. We do some great things. And we have to have tattooed on our soul that everything we do begins and ends with what we don't do, but what God does do. And what he does is grace. He blesses. He speaks a good word over us, which we do not deserve. Um, verse, verse 3 of Psalm 133, going back up to there, it gives us this word picture of what it's like to be God's people again. It says, it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. So Hermon is one mountain. Zion is a different mountain. Um, for there the Lord has commanded so Mount Hermon was this really tall mountain in Israel. Because of its height, it just captured a lot of moisture and precipitation. So it snowed a lot and rained a lot up there. And so it was just kind of synonymous. Mount Hermon was synonymous with just green, lush vegetation, a lot of fruitfulness um, up there. And one of the things we need to remember about Jerusalem is you've got three pilgrimages. Two of those pilgrimages that people would have been singing these songs as they're, as they're doing it would have been in summer. Jerusalem 
which is on Mount Zion. Mount Zion was not very tall. It was very dry. Jerusalem in summer was hot and dead and dry and brown. And so what God is saying to my people, you are sinners. You are dead in trespasses. That is the fact. But what I have decided to do is like, what is true of Mount Zion? This is a dead, dry place. I am going to rain down what is true of Mount Hermon on you. That I have declared a reality that you can't see. You can't see it with the eyes, these eyes, but you can see them with the eyes of faith, which is this, that I have made fall on you the life and the richness and the blessing that belongs to another. It doesn't belong to this mountain, it belongs to another mountain over there. And when he's trying to help us understand, even in this like, just kind of, we're just kind of staring through the cracks of the Old Testament, saying, because I have made what's true of my son Jesus to be declared over you. Um, my, I love friends. I love y'all. Um, I really just want y'all to know that God is gracious to you and to other people. That is who he is. That is what he does. That he has accomplished all the things that need to be accomplished in Jesus for you to be reconciled to him and have eternal life. Like your porn addiction, your uber self-righteousness, or the premarital sex that you had, or your bitterness, or your disillusionment uh, with, with God himself is nothing in the face of a God who like who he is and what he does is he relates to you only as lush as good, as beautiful, as containing life, because that's who Jesus has said you are. That's the identity he's given you. You know, I just, I want y'all to believe that forever. I want that to be what shapes your marriages. I want that to be how you treat your kids. I want that to be how you treat yourself. Especially in those moments when you forget that that is who God is, and that's how he deals with us, and I've screwed everything up, and I want you to know even more in those moments that it is grace. That is how God deals with you, and his grace is still sufficient for your biggest screw-ups in life. Um, let, me, let me close with this. So um, Cecily asked me... Um, a couple of large groups ago because we were talking about C.S. Lewis books. She asked me what my favorite oh, here, okay. uh, asked me what my favorite Chronicles of Narnia book is. It's really hard for me to choose just one um, but it's easy for me to pick my favorite scene from the Chronicles of Narnia. And it's the scene from The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe where the Pevensey children, they, they're found by Mr. Beaver and he brings them to his house. And I love that scene so much because it's just this rich scene of like he brings it to his house, it's you know, this sanctuary of warmth, kind of carved out of just like a bitter, dead, vicious cold. 
um, that is Narnia at that time, always winning every Christmas. And Mr. and Mrs. Beaver are just like frying up trout and bacon and like handing them big cups of coffee and beer. And it's like this beautiful scene of richness and plenty and hospitality. And they start telling stories. They all pull up a chair and start telling stories of Aslan, the king, the coming king who's already on the move. Even welcome there in that home is Edmund the traitor. Even traitors are welcome um, in a place of such warmth and hospitality. Um, and I think I love that scene so much, is because as I just look out in this world and I look at myself and I look at what's going on, even in my own heart, like I just become more and more convinced of just like how cold and dead and lifeless and futile things are here in this earth. And I want to live in a world that feels like grace, that feels like community, that feels like a place where all are welcome and they're filled to the brim and where we just tell stories into the night about our King Jesus. RUF. Jesus has given you all that you need, all that you need to be filled, to be satisfied, to belong. And the one thing I want to leave you with um, here at the end is that just like never stop feasting on that. Live a life of feasting on grace in the context of his people in community. You can never hear me say anything else. Hear that. Let's pray. Um, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the way this psalm um, shows us you. Um, you are our priest. Um, and as we are in you, when we get to this experience, just that the richness of, of oil Right, just the richness of, of plenty, of sustenance, of all that we need, wrapped up in you. You're the best community. You're the best friend. Um, you are um, a undepletable um, reservoir of love and forgiveness and kindness. Um, Lord, I pray that it just would be true, Texas A&M, RUF, that this is a people characterized by knowing we have a place and that we're going to lock arms with our brothers and sisters and pull our knees up underneath the banquet of the gracious love of God forever and ever and ever. In your name we pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Texas A&M RUF podcast. If y'all are interested in joining us for a future worship night, we would absolutely love to see y'all at All Face Chapel uh, on the north side of campus across from Sabisa at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go ahead and follow at AggieRUF on Instagram for updates about any other events that we might be putting on throughout the semester. Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening, and we hope to see y'all around sometime.